It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up, an updated look at the Vikings pre-draft interview list, plus Dalvin Cook's trade rumors heating back up and all the latest mock draft rumors and speculation from experts like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. It's all coming up next on the draft edition of the Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Back in the lab, another edition of the Football Party on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network, your daily breakdown, everything Vikings. You can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for and download our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom, co-host of the Ron Johnson Show every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sam, Tuesday today, I'm taking over. But before we dive in, quick reminder if you haven't already, go sign up for our weekly NFL Draft newsletter up on the Lockdown homepage. You can find all the latest news and notes surrounding the NFL Draft. Sam, this week, I wrote about those crazy mocks we just talked about the other day. Some right. noteworthy picks. Emmanuel Forbes going 14 to the Commanders from Mel Kuyper. Highest I've seen him up to this point. Nolan Smith going top 10 to the Falcons now. A Tannenbaum had... Anthony Richardson slipping all the way to the Titans at 11. And plus, every week, I'm throwing in a new top five list of guys just flying up the draft board. So just 23 days until the NFL draft. Sam, I'm putting you on the hot seat. Are you signed up yet? Don't lie to me. I need you. I need you on this. Oh, you know it. My personal email, work email, wife's email. It's coming to every single inbox so I don't miss one. NFL draft buzz. <laughs> Going straight into the spam folder. Go, where is that again? Oh, okay. Lost it's basically a wolf. It's like on The Office, Ryan Howard, the wolf <laughs> yeah. comes to every device. That's right. All right. Today, I want to talk some Vikes pre-draft interviews, who's on the list, who they could be targeting, plus the recent Dalvin Cook drama we're hearing about. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. Sam should have put five spot on the Twinkies yesterday on pace for a pretty solid 162 at 0, which believe it or not, <laughs> would be in fact a new MLB record. They're just red hot. Are you a believer yet? Have you seen what you needed to see? Well, they're doing what they should do. They should beat the Royals and they should beat the Marlins. They got the Astros coming in on Thursday. That'll be more of a tester, but um, I'm cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic. This team started hot last year and then completely collapsed. So I'm I probably got a little pessimistic bias to it but i'm i'm pleased i'm pleased with the early pitching yeah i can't fault you for that joey gallo though looking like babe ruth out there right now you love to see it quick hitters just to fly through here right out the gate first up dalvin cook rumors kind of heated back up after tom pilicero tweeted out yesterday quote vikings running back dalvin cook was recently in minnesota 
for a post-surgery checkup on the shoulder, is said to be making excellent progress per sources. Cook played the last three seasons while protecting the injured shoulder, which is now 100% stable and stronger. Sam, when I read this, it felt like a tweet you see right before someone gets traded, right? Like, hey, check this out. Player X, Y, or Z is fully healthy. And as a matter of fact, he ran for 1,100 yards with a bum shoulder last season. So he's probably only going to get better, right? Like that's the message and just the vibe or the tone, just trying to read between the lines this one sent me. Because otherwise, it just kind of seems a little random, kind of a little pointless, doesn't it? Like what's the motive here? There had to be some sort of reasoning behind it. And the assumption is someone from Cook's camp reached out to Tom and said, hey, can you tweet this out? Make it public knowledge. And oh, by the way, can you word it exactly like this too? So we know the Dolphins reached out to the Vikes. They've got some interest in them. We know that when they decided to re-sign Madison, the odds of them keeping Cook, the $14 million salary cap hit, decreased dramatically. And we also know KOC and Kwesi have now both called out the fact that A, they got to run the ball better next year, and B, the blueprint in the league is clearly this three-headed running back by committee approach. And lastly, real quick too, this team is officially dead last in salary cap room as it stands today dead last mm. so goes without saying it wouldn't just be nice to clear an extra eight mil it's almost like they have to clear eight mil at this point or something in that ballpark anyways just to have enough money to sign their draft picks and have a little bit of wiggle room once you get into uh training camp otas things like that mm. your thoughts on the tweet sam maybe the message behind it does it add any real steam to the trade rumors at all and what do you think I think it's about 10%. Um, I think the Vikings may as well have added all the other 31 teams on their Twitter account and said Dalvin right. for sale. I think that the, it's behooves everybody, the agent, the player, the team, to make Dalvin Cook look as healthy and as sturdy as possible because the Vikings would like to trade him and get something in return, and Dalvin would like to get paid money. Like, even if Dalvin goes to a new team, he still may have to endure kind of a contract renegotiation with that team, right? I mean, I don't think anyone wants to pay him $14 million. Certainly, the Vikings don't. But that probably applies to most teams. So Dalvin wants money. The Vikings want return on the trade. I still don't think it's a robust market. We're close enough to the draft. The teams are probably digging into the running backs and saying, well, this guy's available in the fourth round and we can have him cheap for four years. It's just very hard to justify a trade for an expensive veteran running back at this point. I'm also very confused, Luke, what the hesitation was. And maybe there's more to it. You know, it's hard for me to judge what people do, you know, medically and with their surgeries, but is the implication that this was basically put off for three years? Right. Kept re-injuring it. And, and it did feel like this was a recurring thing year in and year out. Um, that kind of gave him issues late in the season, almost every year. And it was never fixed, evidently. That's what I'm gathering from this. So that that's a head scratcher to me. Um, but if he is indeed, you know, healthier, if this is gonna keep him on the field for 17 games, that the maybe gives a little bit of a signal. Hey, okay, we can trust Dalvin Cook to play for our football team. Yeah, no, you're right. A lot of good points. And you're probably sitting at home and you might say, well, if they want to run the ball better, why wouldn't you just keep Cook around? But actually, remember, you called this out. 
Cook, just from an efficiency standpoint, one of the worst runners in the entire NFL last season. And I'm not saying it's all his fault, but he just didn't do much with what he was given when he had opportunities to do so on a consistent basis, week in, week out, game to game. But it is pretty crazy, Sam, just to think about just how much we all assume such a special talent, a special fixture for the Vikings team the last, what, five years is so dispensable now, isn't it? Like, Mm -hmm. this guy is still truly a special offensive weapon, one of the top five best running backs in the league. It's just we just can't afford $15 million running backs right now, plain and simple. And as a fan base, it just all feels like collectively – we're just more than ready to kick him to the curb for what? Maybe a day three pick in a heartbeat. It just feels kind of wild on paper when you read that, doesn't it? Yeah. You think about like this too. You know what? Every team gets the same amount of money to play with. And so that means you have to have a specific strategy to not just adding the best players and building the best roster, but you got to be strategic how you build that roster and where you're spending your money. You have to be smart about where you allocate your spending and on what positions matter more than others. And it's just, I mean, we say it all the time. It's just never been more abundantly clear the way the game's played today with the fact you can always find these serviceable tailbacks later in the draft, pay them dirt cheap contracts, that paying a running back big money nowadays, anything more than 12, 13 mil in that range, double digits even, that's like the exact opposite of how you win the roster construction game, so to speak, isn't it? And like, it ain't personal. Mm-hmm. Love Dalvin Cook. And if this was Madden and we could turn the salary cap off, he'd be here, but obviously it's not. And if you and I know it, then rest assured, Quasey knows it too. And the second I heard they re-signed Madison, I said, first off, well, with what money? Because they don't have any. But second, okay, that tells me now, 100% definitively, Dalvin Cook will not be on the team next year. Simply from a salary cap lens, a team-building lens, they just can't afford them. I think big moves are still coming. There's a little calm before the storm, it feels like, right now before the draft. You got free agency opens, the wild, wild west those first few days. Where's Aaron Rodgers going, everything else? Then there's a little lull after that first wave of free agency moves. It still feels like for the Vikings, though, specifically, some big moves are still on the way. And Mm -hmm. you kind of mentioned it. I don't know... You know, if they do trade him at what cost, like what the market's at right now, what the value is after seeing Christian McCaffrey go for what a second and two thirds, I want to say last year, it tells me Quasi's probably what do you think, shooting for a third rounder? And if he can even get that, by the way, just no way crown him now. Like, I'll never mention the words Rick Spielman on this show again, I promise, because it feels like that would be an absolute steal. Teams know, right, Sam, the Vikings have no leverage. Zero leverage. They have to move this guy, and they got to move him like today. They see the dead cap just like we do, and they also know we need as much draft Mm -hmm. ammo as possible. And what I think is going to be a critical draft that swings maybe the pendulum a little bit for this team, good or bad, when we look back two, three, four years down the road. Mm -hmm. So I would take a fifth in a heartbeat, honestly, because it's more about clearing the eight mil, right? I mean, you cut them out, right? You only save six and you need every penny you can get. What's the lowest you would go? And give me one team prediction too, because Miami, it just makes the most sense, I guess, on paper. He's literally from Miami. McDaniels, he's building a track team over there. You know, they'd love his speed, big playability, acceleration. And plus, they're already prone 
to trading away picks for established players. They just got Jalen Ramsey, Tyreek Hill last year, Bradley Chubb. I just took a quick peek. They got currently they got pick 84. They got no first, no fourth, and no fifth. But even having picks 84 and 87 would feel awfully enticing just going bang, bang like that, getting two solid players in the third round. Or honestly, even a future third rounder, that's fine by me, at least gives Quasey some draft ammo if he wants to move up for a quarterback this year. So I could totally see it. Don't count out maybe the Chargers or the Bengals, though. Those are maybe my sleeper teams. What about you? It's just it's way too transparent right now that the Vikings are one out. The Madison contract the strategic tweets coming out, Dalvin Cook's declining uh, efficiency, the Vikings salary cap situation, it all screams that they need to unload Dalvin Cook. So the only reason why you would trade for him and not wait until he's a free agent is just for the assurance that you get him and you don't have to like outbid other teams on the free agent market. That's right. the only benefit is that you can negotiate directly. You can assure yourself of getting that player. I, I think he's worth a late day three pick. I really do at this point. Fifth, I think, is your ceiling. Um, I look at the teams that have cap space to, to take on Dalvin Cook, and I still think he has to take a pay cut. Like I still don't I think do that whoever takes him on pays him 14 um, Philadelphia Eagles, you know, maybe that's a luxury item for them. Maybe they can afford adding uh, a potentially dynamic talent like that in division. What about the Chicago bears? Like what if Quasi said, well, I made a trade with the lions and the Packers last year. Let's make it the trifecta. How about the bears? Uh, maybe Quasi thinks that he's going to fleece them and give them uh, a player that will bog them down or, or, you know, eat up cap space. I don't know. Maybe he's going to galaxy brain it, but Chicago has, a ton of cap space, and they obviously love the running game, and that's a fee- that's a, a stadium or an environment where you need to have a strong running game. Uh, it wouldn't be a great PR move, though, to, to trade him in division, but that is a team that could absorb that money. Uh, just to keep this kind of draft-oriented here, last one here real quick, how prone would you be if they moved on from Dalvin to draft a running back now? Because right now it feels like, okay, they don't have much ammo, and that feels like more of a luxury pick, doesn't it? Because I think about it like this. I'm extremely content. I don't know about you, with Madison, Kenny, and Ty Chandler rotation. In fact, I'm kind of excited about it, to be honest. I think it's a great mix of balance and speed, some pass catchers, everything else. But if one of those guys were to go down with a big injury, and all of a sudden you're down to two, and then one of those guys misses a few weeks, they just get banged up, all of a sudden it got thin real quick so maybe it's even just a top udfa just for depth and maybe a hit on a guy but unless they trade back and stockpile extra picks i don't really feel comfortable using a pick on a running back that quickly i don't know though am i on the wrong am i crazy am i nuts what do you think about this current running back stable um I, yeah I, I like the stable i'm content with it it's not inspiring, but most running back rooms aren't these days. Most running back rooms are kind of boring. That's just how you roll with it. When you only have five picks, I assume they'll amass more, but with only five picks, I think you're right. I wouldn't spend one on a running back. We've seen some pretty fun UDFAs come in here over the years and and tear it up in the preseason. Jarrell Presley was in here. Uh, Rock Thomas, before he had legal issues, was pretty effective there for a time. I believe, yeah, Rock was the UDFA. So the Vikings have had success with that. Um, I think that's the way to go personally, especially when you you still have three. You still have Madison, Chandler, 
Wong Wu, you'd be adding a fourth running back to the mix. So I don't think you need to spend any more draft capital there. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit more excited than most people just because Madison, just solid. We know what you're going to get there. Kenne, just from the flashes we've seen on special teams and kick returns, tells me he's got the goods, he's got the juice, he's a home run hitter. And then Ty Chandler, clearly KOC loved this guy enough to say, let's take a running back that early on day three. So if he loves him that much, clearly he's excited about his prospects as well. So it's more of an unknown right now, but I'm just excited to get a little taste of that three-man rotation and finally get with the times a little bit with everybody else. And the clear blueprint right now in the NFL, rolling with that running back by committee. Moving on, WalterFootball.com. Don't know if you know about that website. One of my favorite oh, yeah. NFL draft websites. Literally been following it for nearly two decades now. They do such a great job updating each team's pre-draft visits and interview lists. Here's a list of the current players the Vikings have met with. And keep in mind, Sam, take these with a little grain of salt because if you look at last year's pre-draft visits, just for example, out of all the guys they met with, and there's a lot of them, they only ended up with two of them. And those two were Zach McLeod, a UDFA. He got cut before the season started. And it says, hey, Adamewo, fifth-round pick. So just be careful is my point, not to fall too in love with some of these names. A lot of times, these are just to create some smoke to throw off other teams off the trail. And a lot of times, too, these are actually just to get a guy in the room just to be able to ask them about maybe a specific teammate or things like that. So I remember Rick Spielman years ago, he said, at the Senior Bowl, after we watched Harrison Smith, we didn't set up any interviews. We knew we loved him. We didn't want to create any type of rumors or buzz or connections between us and him. And even Harry was like, yeah, I had zero clue they even liked me because they never contacted me once throughout the draft process, which is hilarious, 12 years later, because obviously now we look back, he's one of the greatest picks in Vikings history. But Sam, of this list, give me one guy that just really gets you perked up and excited. All right, so folks are seeing the list, on video at least, people are seeing the list here. For those on audio, I will say, there are some big names on this list. Anthony Richardson's on the list. Joey Porter Jr. is on the list. Uh, Quinton Johnston, your guy, he's on the list. Levis. So there are big names on this list. I'm going to try to go a little more behind the scenes, go next level with it. Um, Carl Brooks, defensive lineman, Bowling Green. Really intrigues me. Really intrigues me. Mid-round prospect. Can play all over the defensive line. He's 22 years old. Played five seasons at Bowling Green. Late bloomer. Um, his fourth and fifth seasons for the Falcons were unbelievable. Including last year. He was one of the best defensive linemen in the country. 69 pressures. 12 sacks. Outstanding against the run. Um, monster. Now, here's the kicker. This is why he's getting this is why there's value Luke on Carl Brooks because he did not get a combine invite. He was snubbed. He's got a chip on his shoulder. So there isn't the athletic testing. I don't know if he's done a pro day yet. I have to look into the, the pro day situation. But there isn't combine testing on Carl Brooks. So maybe he didn't also meet with a lot of teams uh because he wasn't at the combine. So there's maybe a little unknown about Carl Brooks, but he does profile as a very athletic, versatile defensive lineman, smaller school, Bowling Green, so not as much buzz around him. But I think with what he's shown the last two years, where he's played on the defensive line, 
I think he could actually be a pretty awesome uh, five tech on this team, and he might be able to come in and contribute right away. It was probably two and a half, three months ago. Started my all right. Let's let's really dive into this draft class here. Let's get serious. I was scrolling through the PFF grades, and you start at the top of the list, right? Highest grades in the country, and it goes Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, Bijan Robinson, Michigan's Blake Corum, and then wait a minute. Who's this guy? Bowling Green's Carl Brooks with a 93 PFF grade. That's elite. They do not hand out 90 grades. 93 PFF grade is elite. That can't be right. Well, it is. You're right, Sam. I'm so glad you mentioned him. I know he played at a small school. In fact, I don't know if you looked at his week-by-week PFF grades. The one tough game he had was week one. It was versus UCLA, the only big-name program he played. So I don't love that. The one time he played some top-tier competition, it was his worst, at least PFF-wise, his worst grade. But this dude, if you're just looking for, all right, who's the next Asese Otomewo on the list, right? A guy they bring in that could be a day-three pick, six foot four, 300 pounds, and they played him at defensive end more times than not. Did you know he stood up even at times as a mm-hmm. as a pass rushing linebacker, three hundred pound dude playing yeah. stand up? So a guy for that kind of size, just knowing he can move that well, coaches thought, yeah, let's stand this guy up. He just knows how to get into the backfield too. You mentioned it. What sixty nine mm-hmm. quarterback pressures, twenty sacks the last two years, ten quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. He definitely projects more as an inside tackle. But I love what you just mentioned a five tech. And giving you some maybe position flexibility in this Brian Flores scheme. Again, top five PFF grade in the country. And for a guy going on day three, this would not just fill a a huge need for the Vikes, get more young bodies in the trenches. But he's a guy who I think of that list, again, just trying to be realistic here, they're not going to be able to grab all Mm -hmm. the big names that you mentioned. Will Levis and Joey Porter Jr. and Anthony Richardson, not happening. Who's somebody realistic like in a Seze Adamewo from last year? This guy gets me a little jacked up, man. And I think a few years down the road, he could turn into somebody. Don't you just think they need more big bodies, some beef down there? I constantly have nightmares about that Mm -hmm. down boys game at home where they just were bullied, Sam, just backyard brawl basically for four quarters. And they just had no push on either end of the trenches. Who do they got now? Harrison Phillips, Tonga. Who else? Dean Lowry? Like at least Dean Lowry, yeah. Yeah, at least Brooks and Asesi gives you a little glimmer of hope for the future between those two guys that one of them could develop into a full-time starter and just make some noise in the Brian Flores defense. So, again, out of all those names the Vikings sat down with, that's the guy. I'm glad you called him up. I'm intrigued about as well. And there's yeah. other good names. Hold, hold on. I got I got his I, – I hit the breaking news sounder, and you, you just went right through it. So, um, But I've got, I've got his, his uh, athletic testing here from the Pro Day. Um, which we probably should give full context to because it wasn't amazing. It wasn't amazing. He's uh, an RAS 5.73. So out of 10, that's pretty average. 40-yard dash 509. Okay, so he's probably not going to be an edge rusher at the next level. Who can 40-yard um, dash for a 300-pound guy? Uh, uh, like, is that what we're yeah. doing? Are we docking well, him? <laughs> for, a, for a five flat 40 time is that what we're doing how many times is carl brooks going to be sprinting mm-hmm. down the field 40 yards all right let's, okay throw me some 10 yard splits throw me some lower body explosion mm-hmm. all right let's see how he did in those categories what do you all think? right broad jump eight nine which is all of these are average <sighs> yeah not great yeah not great 10 yard split one seven seven 
Not great. Three cones. <laughs> not great. Three cones, not seven, great. six, three. So, yeah, so... Carl hey, that's Brooks fine. Scheme. I'll in the sixth instead of the fifth. That's yeah, fine. it's all about the value, right? It's right, the value. That's fine. So, that's okay, fine. he drops. That's fine. Right. We'll get him in. We'll get him on day three. And there's some other intriguing names on there, by the way. Uh, Gervin Dexter, another big tackle from Florida. Really intrigued with him. Curious to see where he goes. So, if you haven't checked it out, though, go scroll through that. But again, just keep in the back of your mind. You look at the track record from last year. You didn't see Lewis Seen on their list. You didn't see Andrew Booth on their list or any of those guys. So maybe more times than not, it's more smoke than anything else when it comes to at least some of these big names. I don't know. All right, coming up next, we'll discuss the most recent mock drafts and Viking selections from Charles Davis, Daniel Jeremiah, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper. But first, don't forget, we're presented by FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Locked On, America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Sam, think about the coin you could have won if you put just like a five spot on the Trailblazers to win with a 17.5 point spread versus the Wolves Sunday afternoon. So glad I got to see that game up close in person. Oh, yeah. Just be part of more fantastic Minnesota sports history, man. Just lucky me. Just so grateful. Get in on all the action at FanDuel.com slash locked on. And remember, if you're a new customer, try out the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the easy-to-use FanDuel app and get your winnings instantly. Money lines, parlays, prop bets. FanDuel's got everything you need to close out the NBA season's final stretch. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book partner of Locked On. All right, Sam, before we get into some of these just wild and crazy week of some big-name mock drafts that had the Vikings specifically taken some surprising names. When you go back and look at just draft class after draft class, you stack them all up on top of each other. It's so obvious. The number one rule should always be to have the mindset of taking the best player available. You hear it all the time. BPA, mm -hmm. point Blake. period. Too much changes year to year. Guys get injured. Guys get cut or traded. Guys decline suddenly for whatever reason, whatever it may be. But whenever you draft for positional need, it gets you into trouble in the long run. So drafting the best player on the board is always the best approach, especially when you look back just two, three years down the line. Here's a great example. You may not know this. The Vikings didn't need a wide receiver in 1998, Sam. They already had Jake Reed. And what? Yeah, I, I swear to God. Look it up. They took Randy Moss anyways because he was the best player available. I think that turned out pretty well. They didn't need a running back in 2007 when Chester Taylor, Chester, 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 like you always love to say, <laughs> Sam, he just rushed for 1,000 yards in 2006. I don't need a running back, especially not with my top 10 pick. They took Adrian Peterson anyways, and that worked out okay too because he was an elite talent. So as we sit here today, plenty of positions to fill. Who's just one like free agent left out there? And obviously, we've gotten into the second and third tier guys now, so these aren't game changers anymore. But who's just one guy you think could help fill a pressing need and just help take some pressure off Quasey's shoulders going into the draft and help him make sure he's got that BPA mindset? Who's still out there that you like? Yeah, well, the glaring, glaring weakness is cornerback, right? I mean, there's no discernible slot, and there's no discernible starter opposite of Murphy. I think you assume that either Booth or Evans win that job. Like that That's what you'd have to do if the season started today. You have a training camp competition. Winner plays the outside. 
Um, maybe you cross train one of them to play the boundary or you sign a nickel like Troy Hill is still available. He could be a nickel for you probably pretty cheaply. Okay. Well, I, I the, think, I mean, according to KOC, it really sounds like when they go to that nickel and obvious passing mm -hmm. downs more times than not, at least to begin with anyways, they're going to slide in Byron Murphy into Murphy, that inside. Yeah, role. Murphy sh shadow guy. He yeah. Be a, a legit shadow option. So you're right about that. So Probably now I'm still... more worried about like the two boundary guys. All right, that's mm -hmm. great. Murphy, that's a tough spot, tough position to handle. But you're right, Sam. Like now who do we got on the boundary? Who are we relying on as our outside cornerbacks with Murphy on the inside? It's it's, it's scary right now. I don't know exactly what's going on with Rakia Sin. Uh, Rakia Sin was considered, I would say, I don't know, one of the top five to seven free agent cornerbacks hasn't signed. So the market on him has been cool or his demand has been too high and teams can't meet it, but he's still sitting there. And Rocky Asin, pretty good last year. Pretty good the year before with Indianapolis. So with two different schemes, he had two solid seasons. This is not, you know, probably not Brian Byron Murphy level, but he was a good quarterback the last two years. Now, if his price is dropping by the day, I would look into Rocky Asin who's only 26 years old. Uh, there's a lot of cornerbacks sitting right now, like Byron Jones, Marcus Peters, William Jackson, Bradley Roby, um, Ronald Darby, Troy Hill, uh, Kyle Fuller. They're 30 and above, right? Rocky Asin is still in his prime in theory, probably wanting a nice little price tag. So you'd have to make moves. You might have to you know, restructure Brian O'Neill to get him. But I think someone at the cornerback position is, is pretty pretty badly needed so you don't feel obligated to go corner in that first round and you see the cornerback draft coming up i mean they see it like we do it's loaded so maybe just like we talked about dalvin cook and maybe the market's not very strong because so many great running backs in the draft maybe rocky sin and his agent are having that same conversation just throw out a ballpark number i'm just curious what you think rocky sin maybe just meeting in the middle somewhere what kind of deal that might look like one year prove it deal for what Five, six mil? Am I way under? Am I shortchanging them? Two year, 12 million? Something like that? Well, this Am is I what's crazy. Off? So, Spot Track projected four years, 43. Oh my God. PFF. What? And, and PFF's a little more reliable. Okay. They were a little more modest. They were three years, 27. Holy so smokes, nine million. Though, still. Wow. Those are big numbers. And he's yeah. unsigned, probably dropping beneath that $9 million plateau. I feel like it's still got to be a multi-year deal. If the Vikings could get him for like two years and 16, backload it, put some void years in so that it's a low cap hit in year one, that would be the best case scenario, I think, to get a player of his age and caliber. Um, not like Again, pretty good season last year with Las Vegas. Pretty good the year before that with uh, with Indianapolis as well. I'm so surprised he's still out there. Just point Blake, just to be blunt. Uh, I really, top 40 pick, 36th pick overall four years ago, mm -hmm. not that long ago. Loved him coming out of Temple. I remember watching some tape. Strong, physical, feisty, excels in the man coverage. We obviously know that's exactly what Brian Flores is looking for right now. Super inconsistent tackler when I just looked at the week-by-week -week PFF grades. And I know Flores really relies on that from his boundary cornerback specifically. But like when he was on, he was on. Six games he recorded a 70 or higher, according to PFF last year. And I know the bad games were bad. But you go back to his rookie year, like you mentioned, first year in the league, this guy was an outstanding tackler. So 
I don't know what happened, but I have confidence Flores can figure it out because it's in there somewhere. Like you just don't forget how to tackle all of a sudden. And this guy, for being this late in the free agency period, I just think would help tremendously. So I'm glad you brought him up. Just needs some serious veteran depth in that secondary room right now. Okay, third and 13, week seven, Byron Murphy slides into the nickel. Andrew Booth, he was doubtful all week. He's not active. Uh, Caleb Evans, he's hobbled, but he was questionable. He'll play. So who we got on the other side? Tay Gowan? Uh, Kalen Barnes? <laughs> Are those, like, is that what we're doing? <laughs> like, yeah, of course we're going to draft somebody. But, like, still, I'm just saying, as it stands today, that worries the heck out of me. What if? What if Byron Murphy misses like three games? Oh, my God. Sam, don't turn on the TV. You don't want to watch this. This Brian Flores is going to pull a North Turner and leave in the middle of the Chicago game and get on his own <laughs> flight at Soldier. He, he, yep. he can't work with this. So, yeah, you're right. He, he checks all the boxes. He's only 26, excels in man coverage. Again, I can't speak to why he slid down the charts, but you know, name one cornerback, Sam, who hasn't struggled in Las Vegas for the Raiders over the last five years. It seems to be kind of a lost cause over there for everyone yep. on defense over the last couple of years. I just think this would be an ideal landing spot, I agree with you, to come kind of revive his career, so to speak, and have a legitimate shot winning a starting role, being a starter come training camp even or going into week one. Maybe like a, a Marcus Davenport kind of thing, like a one-year $8 million, $9 million deal, kind of prove-it deal, something yep. like that, something in that ballpark. Then you can just go into the draft, though, the whole point, not feeling the pressure of cornerback, cornerback, cornerback in round one, like all the mock drafts shoved down our throats all week. Don't worry, I'm still going to take a cornerback, but now at least I can take advantage of the depth and the value on days two and three, and I really like Rocky Sin for that, to just fill that pressing need now, so that's pretty good. Sam, this Friday... I don't know if you remember, on the round table, Ron Johnson, Reggie Wilson, the mock drafts I mentioned to you guys that came out last week, absolutely bonkers. I mean, knocked the socks out of some folks. There was some big trades. There was some spicy takes. And there was guys that you've never even seen sniff the first half of round one going in the top 10, going in the top five even. Here's a quick little recap on some of the latest projections that we saw last week. Sam, there's now a ton of steam that the Vikings are doing some homework, doing their due diligence on these quarterbacks. You even heard Mike Florio say, what was it, yesterday? The talk of the combine behind the scenes was Kirk Cousins being traded to the 49ers, which we'll have to talk about that a little bit more on the mailbag edition with Reggie Wilson tomorrow. But whether it's moving up or staying put, this front office is clearly ready to get KOC, a young kid in here, to start molding, to take over for Kirk Cousins in 2024. Last week, Charles Davis from NFL Network, he had Kentucky's Will Levis fallen all the way to the Vikings at pick 23. Honestly, I haven't seen Levis any further than 11 to the Tennessee Titans the past two and a half, three months. So that one was pretty spicy. But the fact that the tumble stopped at 23 to the Vikings specifically, they got KOC pulling the trigger. It tells me something. It tells me he and everyone else are hearing the same thing. And honestly, remember... Half the picks in these mock drafts are more about what these guys are hearing behind the scenes with all their league sources and connections more than where they actually have these guys ranked and graded just as prospects. So keep that in mind because Daniel Jeremiah, a few days later, 
he had Will Levis fallen to this time to the Bucks at 19. Still a pretty drastic uh, tumble there, though, for Will Levis all of a sudden. There could be something real there as far as just what they're hearing with Will Levis. Maybe not the lock top 10 pick we all assumed this whole time. Four picks later, he's got the Vikings taking Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker. This was the first big-name draft expert to put Hooker in the first round, which obviously sparked a lot of controversy. You know I loved it. I'm on the Hooker bandwagon. Mike Tannenbaum had Hooker going in the top five to the Seattle Seahawks, which even I'll admit, that's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs <laughs> for me, man. Like The bigger point, though, here is I think these guys are in the know. Tannenbaum, he's a former GM just a few years ago with the Jets. You think he's not talking to these guys behind the scenes, you know, uh, who are on the coaching staff saying, hey, what's the word on the street? I will admit, Sam, there's plenty of smoke being thrown out this time of year. But at the same time, I think these guys do have some real substance to these picks. Some conversations are taking place to make them think, you know what? I assume that this is the direction some of these teams are headed. Mel Kuyper's not just, you know, throwing up darts in his garage at night. I promise you that. What's your quick thoughts on some of these blockbuster moves in the last week with all these latest mock drafts and the big-name draft pundits, even Todd McShay early this morning? Hendon Hooker going where? To the Minnesota Vikings at pick 23. But they all agree, Sam, the Vikings are in play for a quarterback in round one. And uh, I saw PFF mock them Jordan Addison, too. Mm. That's another splashy one. It gets a little overshadowed when you've got Hendon Hooker falling to 23, but Jordan Addison would be a huge get for the Vikings at 23, I think. Now, in terms of a quarterback at 23, maybe Hooker is a little more realistic because a lot of teams might be cold on Hooker with the ACL and the age and the gimmicky offense, all the red flags people have talked about that we've tried to debunk on this show. Um, but Levis, I'm not convinced that he would fall. I think you'd have to go get him because you've pointed this out several times, Luke. Like, let's get to 15. Okay, Green Bay. I I'm not saying that they're a good candidate to take a quarterback, but they have to at least think about it, right? Like, Jordan Love only has one more year, uh, and then they have to, and then his fifth-year option, I think. So two years with the fifth-year option. Mm -hmm. um, they might think about it. They might entertain it. Washington certainly needs a quarterback. Detroit certainly needs a quarterback after Jared Goff. Tampa Bay totally needs a quarterback. Seattle, they might want to think beyond Geno Smith. Baltimore might want to think beyond Lamar Jackson. So there is such a, a sequence there of quarterback needy teams that if a Levis falls, I have a hard time believing that someone doesn't snag him. Like I think the Vikings would have to trade up and snare him. Maybe hooker could fall in their lap. Like maybe he's just a little bit more off the radar. Um, but the steam of Vikings connected to offense, I just think is so intriguing. Like you're seeing more and more of Minnesota going wide receiver or quarterback. That's very trendy right now. Um, and you would love to know what these guys know or if they even know. Maybe they're just uh, trying to make some splashes. But it is very compelling to look at that board and wonder, okay, if Levis does get to 15, now now does Kwesi call the Packers and say, hey, guys, we let you come up and get Christian Watson. You want to return the favor and let us come get Will Levis or Hendon Hooker? Yeah, and if it was just like one of these mocks, Sam, that would be one thing. But when you got half these guys now, real draft experts – this is all they do all year long is study this stuff. And they're saying the Vikes are taking a quarterback in round one. 
I just think we got to sit down and listen. And when you're on the fence about a guy like Hendon Hooker, just for example here, and looking for every excuse why you shouldn't draft him until round three or four, and all of a sudden a draft expert comes out and says he could go top five, top ten, you got to pay attention. You got to listen to what these guys are trying to tell you. And all I'm saying is, A, Vikings want to draft a quarterback early in this draft from everything we're hearing now and reading from these latest mock drafts. And B, Hendon Hooker specifically is going in round one, whether we like it or not. So, Sam, my question is, if you don't get Hooker this year, who are you going to get? Because like we talked about, massive drop-off from him to the next guy, Tanner McKee. And I've said this before, he doesn't tear his ACL. He's a lock to go in the top 10. Most accurate passer in the SEC. Not the MAC. Not the Mountain West, not Alabama State D2 Tavares Jackson country. We're talking about the SEC, toughest conference in football. Oh, it's a gimmicky offense, though. I'm not buying it. You still got to go out there and do it against the guys you're going to be playing and lining up against in the NFL on Sundays. And trust me, Josh Heupel's offense asked far more from his quarterbacks than I think people want to really admit. And all that offense did, was watch Hendon Hooker throw five touchdowns first. The number one defense in the country shredded Nick Saban, the best defensive mind in the nation, for four quarters with about six or seven consensus All-Americans on that side of the ball, including Will Anderson, who was in Hooker's lap every other drop back, if you go back and watch the tape, and he still got the job done. 58-5. to 58-5 to five touchdown to interception ratio in the SEC? And that's a day three guy? Stop it. I can't. I can't, can't, Sam. I can't. The draft needs to get here. Man, what do we got? 23 days? I can't do it. The fact that you can even get him in this range, I think, is a blessing to begin with. And I said it three weeks ago. You just mentioned it. As we move closer and closer to the draft, I think you're just going to keep hearing his name in round one more and more. Even just this morning, Todd McShay, Hendon Hooker to the Vikings at pick 23. You bring up my favorite point, you know, Detroit at 18. I'm really worried about him. Who, by the way, our good mm-hmm. friend, uh, friend of the show, Lions insider Jeff Risden, he yeah. confirmed to me just the other day, there's a lot of chatter about Hendon Hooker to the Lions with their second pick at pick 18 overall. Plus, you mentioned it, Tampa 19, Seattle 20. What if the Ravens trade Lamar? And they're picking right before you at 22. So there's definitely this danger zone right before you, right when you get on the clock, when it comes to drafting these quarterbacks. Don't get cute. This isn't like, oh, we can slide down 10 picks and still get this linebacker from Oklahoma State I really like. I don't want to gamble. If you think he might not be there when you're on the clock at pick 23, I know they don't have a lot of ammo, and I get that. But in the grand scheme of things, don't you think if you hit on a quarterback – and a guy like Hendon Hooker, in three years, you all look back and say, I would gladly give up a future third and this year's fourth to move up five spots with Pittsburgh just to assure we go get our guys. Because if the plan is to be competitive again next season, which it is, you brought Kirk back, you hire Brian Flores, etc. all these moves, you win eight, nine, ten games, you're going to be in the same position next year. Nobody special is going to fall to you in the 20s again. So you're going to have to trade up inside the top 10 this time next year. And for who? The fourth best quarterback again? Caleb Williams from USC and Drake May from North Carolina. Forbidding something fluky happens this year. They're both going one and two. Bang, bang. 
I mean, they're that good. So they're long gone. That's not even wow. an option. So why not just do it now? Why not just pull the trigger now? Especially, again, what I think, you're getting great value with a guy like Hooker dropping a lot further than he normally would without the ACL injury like any other year. That's my rant. Go get your guys. Mm-hmm. Let them sit behind Kirk for a year, which I think is the dream scenario for any rookie quarterback anyways. He gets to learn the offense. Take his time off the ACL. You build his confidence up one week at a time. And Sam, riddle me this. What are you going to do when you got to pay Kirk $28 million in dead money in 2024? The second that guy walks out the door, you got $28 million on the books. You're paying him for all these restructures you've done. So what other choice do you even have but to mm-hmm. draft a rookie quarterback? You can't afford anything else. There's no other option. So all this will they or won't they, I think he can just stop all that right now because just based off the decisions they've made, specifically the things they've done with Kurt Cousins' contract, and the things they haven't done, the fact they didn't extend him, but they restructured his deal again, and now I'm close again to next to $30 million when he leaves next year. Because of all those decisions they made, now you have to roll with a quarterback on a rookie deal next year. It's not a matter of if, but when. And do they grab him now, this year, let him sit for a year, or do they wait in 2024? Final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Hooker, quarterback, Vikes, Kirk, mock draft season. Any last just parting words before we wrap up? You you know how I feel about Hooker. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I also don't love what's after Hooker. Like if you're if you're telling me, okay, hey, Hooker might be an okay prospect, but you can't do the first round. He's mm-hmm. not good enough. You got to wait. You got to wait to take him. All right, so you wait two more rounds. Oh, he's gone. He's gone in the second round. Well, now I now I don't like anybody. Like I, I remember the Kellen Mond draft. There were like four quarterbacks that that people Davis said, okay, Mills. good third round. Yeah, Kyle Trask, like oh yeah. third round grade, and you might have actually been able to say, okay, well, maybe maybe there's a Russell Wilson in here. Well, first of all, that didn't pan out at all. But um, second of all, I don't think this is a very good draft at all for those depth quarterbacks. Now, there's always going to be like there might be a Brock Purdy out there and we would have no idea who that is because you can't predict Brock Purdy, but I don't think that Aiden O'Connell or Tanner McKee or Stetson Bennett are going to be very good pros. Sorry. I, I don't see that. So I don't think there's like a lot of other flyers that would be intriguing to take beyond hooker. So if you're going to take a quarterback this year, um, Hooker, I think, is the last kind of your last option, and I think you got to pull that trigger if if you're set on bringing in Kirk's successor. No, I agree, and it's crazy you brought up Will Levis. I don't know, maybe he slips a little bit, but how far? Probably not going to get past that gauntlet of those teams that you mentioned. It's kind of crazy at this point, twenty three days before the NFL draft. I've actually convinced myself into Hendon Hooker. More than Will Levis, believe it or not. That's how much I've just grown to like this guy. The more and more I watch, the more research I do. But regardless, rest assured, these next three and a half weeks, they're going to be absolutely bonkers, Sam. And the discussion about the Vikings going quarterback are only going to heat up more and more and more as we get closer. No doubt about that. Remember, again, if you haven't already, go sign up for the new weekly newsletter. It's up on the Locked On homepage. You can find all the latest news and notes surrounding the NFL draft just 23 days away. Sam, any big plans, by the way? I know it's kind of in the early going, but uh, any little projects or anything we can look forward to as far as what's on deck for the Locked On Network or the Vikings Network specifically that we're working on when it comes to the draft? 
Um, oh, when it comes to the draft, let me get to that in a second. I forgot to mention this. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to, to Locked On Sports Minnesota today, April 4th. Uh, we debuted last year with the Ron Johnson show. You and Reggie came along right after that. Minnesota football party after that. Man, time uh, flies. Thank, Holy thank you. Thank you, viewers for and listeners for the first year. Um, tremendous growth. Tremendous fun. Uh, football season was awesome. And I think it's been, uh, it's been great after football season kind of building up for this draft. So can't thank everybody enough for all the support. 5,000 subscribers right now. Let's, let's, let's double that. Let's double that. Let's triple that in year two for the draft. Hey, we're going to have, we're going to have plenty of video. We're going to have video throughout that weekend, reacting to all the picks. Luke will obviously be involved. Luke Braun will have his stuff over at locked on Vikings. So we'll have the Vikings angles covered like a blanket and uh, still more planning to do, but can't wait to uh, to get to get there. And I'll probably be out at TCO, so providing a little in-person access there to uh, what's happening at the team facility. Uh, you know I can't wait. It's uh, my birthday, 4th of July, Christmas, all rolled into one. All right, that's a wrap today. Remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode of the Football Party, your one-stop shop breakdown of everything Minnesota Vikings. We're a podcast, too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us that five-star review, and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look up for and download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Sam Ekstrom, on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Check him out every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, co-host of the Ron Johnson Show. Thanks for tuning in to the football party, part of the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. We're back tomorrow with the mailbag edition of the football party. But until then, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Signing out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.